Come on, good morning. Good morning, Rock Church. Are you alive today? Come on, we want to welcome all the campuses all over. Can we keep clapping our hands for all the campuses? Online, military, prison, juvenile hall. Come on, Point Loma, East County, San Ysidro, San Marcos, City Heights, and all the microsites. Now let's give God some praise. Come on, let's give him every campus. Put your hands together. Come on. Let's give Jesus some praise. You know, he's worthy. Come on. He's worthy of it all. Come on. He saved you, healed you, delivered you. He's worthy. Wow. Somebody say, wow. Say it backwards. Wow. You may be seated. So glad to be with you today. All the campuses everywhere. So glad that you're joining us and the microsites and all you men and women that uh, are watching us all over the world. Thank you. Even some of my people that you didn't go to church in Las Vegas because it's like hotter than you know what right now there in Las Vegas. And uh, I'm glad to be in San I left Las Vegas 117 degrees. So I left hell and came to heaven 72 degrees. Oh yeah, yeah. I was I was cold. I had to get double blankets in my hotel room. I'm like, what is going on here? This is crazy. And so I'm just uh, glad to be here. I want to give honor to your pastor. Come on, Pastor Miles. Don't you love Pastor Miles? And all the associate campus pastors, can we give them a big hand clap right now? Everybody, give honor to your pastor. Give honor to your pastors. So glad that we are here. And uh, and I pastor in Las Vegas. My name is Benny Perez. I am of Hispanic descent. Any Hispanics here in the room right now? Any Hispanics? So uh, my wife is Caucasian, and uh, so she liked brown. I like white. We produce coconuts called kids. Come on. You know what a coconut is? Brown on the outside. Come on, white in the inside. Amen. You can laugh. It actually makes you look younger when you smile. Just, just smile at your neighbor. Let's go to the scriptures. I can have my stand-up com- comedy act. You can come see my act on the Las Vegas Strip when you visit next time. Amen. We're going to go to the book of Hebrews chapter 11. We're going to read just a couple verses, and uh, we're going to pray. I'm going to speak for about 20, 25 minutes. Um, I actually heard that this is the best out of all the services to preach to is the 10 o'clock. Is that true? Okay, it's not true. Fantastic. Let's just Let's just read the scripture. It says, By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of the things which are visible. Now verse 6, as we go on in Hebrews chapter 11, as we begin to understand things about, you know, faith. And it says this, for without faith it is impossible to please him, for he who comes to God must believe that he is, come on, all the campus that he, come on, all the campus that he, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently, what? 
seek him. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Your word is true. Your word is unfallible. Your word can never fail. Father, I thank you, Lord God, that we exalt your word. We exalt your name. Lord, I pray that, Lord, people wouldn't necessarily remember Benny Perez, but they remember that I talked about Jesus. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Come on, everybody said amen, amen, amen. I'm going to talk to you very briefly on the topic. Write this down in your notes. Uh, Trusting in what you don't see. Trusting in what what you don't see. I don't know in life if you realize that most of the time we always kind of walk by what we see and what we sense. And, and a lot of us, if we're not careful, we begin to look at life through our eyes and forget that there's a God who's working things out behind the scenes. So watch, you don't, you don't uh, view things or see life as they are. You view life as you are. That's why two people can look at the same thing and yet have different conclusions. And if you're not careful in your life, you begin now to go solely by your senses and solely by what your physical eyes see or your circumstances say. But I'm here to declare to you here at the Rock Church, whatever campus, wherever you are, all over the world, in military and wherever you are, that literally that we serve a God that says, don't walk by just what you see, walk in what I can do for you. So so I want to talk to you about, about faith, what it is. To have faith. Now, I'm very simplistic. I grew up in Southern California, Pico Rivera. Now, nobody knows where that's at. Two people. Right? And, uh, and I grew up, so I'm very a simple guy. And, and so let me define faith for you. Faith, write this down, is simply trusting in God. Is simply trusting in God. So, so if we take this premise about trusting in God, that means we can't trust in what I see. I got to trust in something I don't see. Second Corinthians 5, cents, 5, 7 says this way. We walk by faith and not by sight. Say it again. We walk by and not by and not by sight. So what does that mean? What does it mean that we are men and women who are followers of Jesus, that we, we walk by faith and not by sight? That means now we trust in a God that we cannot see over things that we do see. I'll say it again. We trust in a God. Come on. We cannot see over the things that we do see. For the things that we see are temporal, but the things that we don't see are eternal. So we must learn to actually walk by trusting in God. Putting our trust in God over things that we see. Our everyday life, church, is tied to God. It's tied to Jesus. I don't believe the universe is lining my life up. I don't believe in fate or chance or, you know, I just fell into something or why I was lucky. I believe that as a follower of Jesus, that my steps are being ordered by the Lord. That God is ordering every step that I take. I'm not here at Rock Church on this day and this hour by chance. No universe lined it up. No, no cosmic force lined it up. You are here in this service at that campus watching at this time because God is ordering our steps. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Oh yeah, I believe that. I believe that God is walking me into my best season. I believe God is walking you into your best season. That the best is yet to come for you. 
I talk to people. I lived in Seattle for a few years. And I'm like, why go hug a tree when you could worship God? People hugging trees like, oh, I got to connect with Mother Nature. I got to connect. That tree's not going to do anything for you but give you mold. You can get splinters. It's like, like, no, listen to me. I'm not against nature, but we got to quit. Watch me worshiping the creation and start worshiping the creator. Listen, recycle. Do your little bins. It's like it goes here, it goes there. It goes, I grew up and he just threw everything away. I had a little, I had a little brother. I threw him away. Come on. You know what I'm talking about? It's like, it's like, it's like we have to understand that we are walking by faith and not by sight. But sometimes when you're walking and putting your trust in God, listen, sometimes you have to leave where you are without knowing where you're going. See, this is what people tell me. It's like, Dude, how, how can you really trust God? I mean, you can't see him and, and you can, you know, you say you could really hear him, but it's kind of weird. Like, like, really? Like, sometimes you just, you just start walking. You don't really necessarily, no, no, yeah, that's right. You see, in the Bible, there's a guy named Abram. His name is Abraham. And in Genesis chapter 12, God shows up to him and says this. He says, you know what, Abram? I want you to leave your familia. Come on, I'm bilingual. That means family. Leave your sister and your brother. Come on, somebody help me. Right? Leave your, leave your tia. Leave your tio. Okay, some of you are not getting it. Tough crowd. Watch. Leave, leave your family. And what's what God says? Leave them and go and I will show you where to go. Now, quite frankly, I don't want God to speak that to me. Because what we like to do is we like to say, God, show me first where I'm going, and then I leave where I'm at. Let me say it to you this way. Some of you are in a bad relationship, and you're not doing the things God wants you to do in that relationship. And you know you shouldn't be with her. You know you shouldn't be with him. You know it's not a healthy thing. But you want to wait until God brings you another person. You're not going to get the right person until you learn to leave the wrong person. And I'm not talking about marriage. Some of you are like, oh, see that? I knew I was going to get a word from God. I'm going to get out of this marriage right now. Uh-huh. Ooh, I came to church. I was looking. Lord, I give you all the glory. I'll take that guy right over there, Jesus. Uh-huh. I'm not talking about some of you. I, I deal with a lot of single people, and they always come up to me. They go, Pastor Benny, Pastor Benny. Oh, man, Pastor Benny, play for me. I want to get married. All the good people are taken. And I'm like, no, there's some married people that say, take him. <laughs> Why is it that we always have to see things? We have to have see things. Show me God. Show me God. Show me God first. And if you show me first, then I'll go. If you could see it and feel it, it wouldn't require faith. Faith is not a feeling. You think I feel like worshiping God when I come to church and I'm the pastor? Are you kidding me? There's some Sundays and weekends that I show up. I got to preach four times. And there's some times when I'm just tired and I was fighting with my wife. So that's why, listen, they know that me and my wife have been fighting because we show up in two different cars. I know pastors shouldn't say they fight. So let me say it this way. We have heated arguments. 
So there, no, there's some times when I, I wake up in the morning, God on his truth, and I, I, I say to my wife, Wendy, I said, Wendy, man, I don't want to go to church. She goes, you have to. You're preaching. If I went by my feelings, a lot of people on freeways would be dead. Come on, work with me, 10 o'clock. You know what I'm talking about? Like you're just, you're just cruising, you know, and my, my, I have a 64 Impala, low rider, you know, just bouncing down the road. Orale, yeah. I'm just enjoying my life. And some guy cuts me off. And I want to say, hey, what did you just do? You know, I mean, just say. Do you ever feel like just, just taking revenge? Come on, help me just a little bit. Anybody right now? Some of you are like, no, I know you're too safe for me. I'm just talking about those that are, I know the campus are like, yeah, yeah, I got you, man. I did that today. You ever feel like just telling somebody off? Can I see your hand? Anybody feel like just, do you ever feel like giving somebody a piece of your mind? Come on, wave your hand at me right now. Yeah, 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 yeah. And aren't you glad that you don't walk by your feelings? Because, listen, your feelings were never to be dictators, only indicators. So when I feel depressed, when I feel down, when I feel angry, when I feel like I want to go off, that is not a dictator. It's an indicator that I need the grace of God in my life. And so now I say, Jesus, I want to do this, but I'm looking to you right now. And I'm going to walk by faith and not by sight. Because really, I'm going to take my Tesla and ram that little Toyota right now that just cut me off. We, 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 we don't like that because we want God to show me. Show me, God. Show me. Can you imagine you're Abraham and you go back to your wife, Sarai? Abram comes back. You know, he, he lives in the desert. It's 117 degrees. It's like hell. It's like, I don't know, I know what hell is like. I just left it. Came to heaven called San Diego. A- A- Abram comes back and says, Sarah, pack up. We're leaving La Jolla. Some people, some people in, in, in Las Vegas, they go, man, we love La Jola. I go, what's La Jola? I don't even know what it is. They're usually white, La Jola. <laughs> My wife's white. I'm not racist. Stop it. Watch this now. Let's leave La Jolla. Why? God spoke to me. Where we're going? Don't know. You want me to leave the beach? La Jola, hanging out with my friends. I mean, you know, I mean, at least tell me we're going. Don't know. Does Siri know? No. Does Samsung, don't burn up your hand. No. No. The Google Maps, no. No. God just told us to jump on our camels and ride. I'm kind of making it silly, but do you understand the significance of this? The greatest person of faith in the story has got to be Sarai because she has to believe that her son, that her father, that her husband that has been exposed to the sun and has probably got sunstroke is actually heard from God. So there she is packing up. Man, I'm going to miss this view. Look at this view. Ooh, look at this view of La Jolla. Ooh, Jesus. Where we? Oh, man, it better be better. It better be better. And the Bible says as they went, God showed them the new place that they were going. Could it be that it's not God's end, but it's your end? 
Could it be that God is waiting for you to simply obey the promptings of his word, the promptings of his spirit, and to begin to walk in to what God has for you, but you settle for what you can see instead of embracing what God has for you? Now, you don't really want to clap that loud. I get it. I get it because it's too personal. I get it because somebody God is speaking to right now, and you know you've been disobeying, and you know that you shouldn't be doing and you know all that kind of stuff, but you're a little scared. You're a little scared. Little Petey, you're a little scared, little Petey, Petey, Petey scared guy. And here's what, here's what I want to tell you, is with God, it's an adventure. When God said, go to Las Vegas, I said, what? No, no, God, you got the law right, but it should be La Jolla. God, you got it right, sand but beach. No, God said, Las Vegas. I said, I rebuke you in Jesus' name. That's not God. That's not God. Wendy, that is not God. God knows I'm from SoCal, and God knows I want to be in La Jolla, but he's saying Las Vegas. There's sand, but no beach. And let me tell you something. I was not initially wanting to go to Vegas, but I began to leave where I was, and God showed me Las Vegas, and we're having a revival in Sin City with people getting saved. Come on, every weekend in Las Vegas, somebody clap your hands right now, all campuses, because God gets the glory. So watch. We're talking about faith, walking with trust in God. That's what faith is, trust in God. And if you're going to really have faith, it must rest on two anchors. Number one, this anchor is that you must believe that God is with you. So the first big point is, I'm walking by trusting in God. But that trust must, must rest on this pillar. That God is with me. That God is with you. Simple, I know, but you have to understand that God is with you. He's with you in the prison. He's with you in the juvenile hall. He's with you on whatever campus. He's with you in the good times, the bad times, the mountaintops, and the valleys. God is with you. I have to believe that. There's a story in the Bible, and the guy's name is Joshua. If you know anything about the Bible, there's a guy named Mo. And Mo was a guy that got used to bring the children of Israel out of Egypt. So there was Mo and there was Joshua. And the Bible says that there came a time in Joshua chapter 1 that God shows up to Joshua and says these words. Hey, Joshua, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now it's your turn to lead the children of Israel into the promised land. And God makes this statement. As I was with Mo, so I'll be with you. Yeah, I said chew. Because it got you to what? As I was with Moses, so I'll be with you. And he says, no man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, watch, so I'll be with you. So I'm like, that's cool. But if I was Joshua, I'd say, got it, but where's the stick? Where's the staff? Got that thing, you're with me, but I need the stick, man. Because God, you know, when, when he held that stick over the Red Sea, whoo, it split. That's a bad stick. It's better than a 38. Come on, somebody. It's, it's a bad stick. I remember, God, when Moses took the stick and touched the Nile River, turned to blood. When, 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 when Moses held up the stick, the ten plagues came. When Moses touched the rock, struck the rock, water came out. Give me the stick. 
That's what I'd be saying. I'd be like, okay, God, your presence up. I get it. But I want the stick. See, we laugh at that, but that's how we are with God. We think we want what God uses instead of who God is. Oh, God, if, if Pastor Miles would come and visit me, well, you know, if, 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 if this person or that person, and, and listen, I'm not against God using people. He's using a guy with skinny jeans. I know what you're all thinking. Why are you wearing skinny jeans? Because you can't. Because when you have legs like a woman, you got to show them off. Don't hate, ladies. I know. My wife says it's unfair. I get it. It's the burden I bear. God says, Joshua, you don't need a stick. You don't need a sling and a stone. You don't need what you think you need. All you need, watch me, is to know that I am with you. I am with you. I am with you. God is with you. I have three kids. I have a 17-year-old son that they call mini-me. Same name, same legs, same everything, except with hair. And I have a 12-year-old daughter. Her name is Bella, so BJ and Bella. Bella is just 12 years old. She looks like she's 20. She's as tall as her mama, long blonde hair, blue eyes, and tan skin. Makes me want to sing a Beach Boy song. And, uh, and, 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 and she doesn't look like me. Doesn't look like we're related. You know, one time we're walking to the airport and they were arresting me for child abduction. And I said, she's mine. That's my daddy. That's my daddy. You know, show ID, all that kind of stuff. And then I have a nine year old son. His name is Benaya. He's crazy. He's wild. He already wants a tattoo and ride a Harley for Jesus. I mean, that kind of a crazy guy. Half his head is shaved, long hair on the other side. He's a witnessing machine. He'll witness to everybody, tell people about Jesus, rap about Jesus, talk about Jesus, love Jesus. He's crazy. But he has some issues, and uh, one of the issues is he's afraid of the dark. Like, and don't, don't judge him. Don't judge him, sir. You're 35, and you still have a nightlight, so don't judge him, okay? And, uh, and so, so he was just getting kind of on his older brother's nerves and, 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 and his older sister. And, and so and I, I, I admit, I'm not the greatest father all the time. You know, I, I, I'm doing my best, folks. I'm doing my best. Just because I'm on a platform doesn't mean I'm elevated in parenthood. I'm just like you, okay? And, uh, and this era of, of time out, you know, time out, time out. Can take away your, your ex, your, your Xbox. Time out, little Johnny, time out. I was doing a youth conference recently and some student came up to me like, pray for me, pray for me. Why? My parents are giving me time outs and they're crying, time out. I said, shut up. Reverently, I said it, shut up. Time out. That's nothing. When I grew up, we didn't have timeouts. We had knockouts when I grew up. That's what I'm talking about. They knocked me out. Anybody know that error? Come on, wave at me. Yeah, that's why you're still recovering from that. So I have the moment as a pastor, as a parent, and I'm like, Benaya! I got those crazy eyes. Benaya! He's like, oh, go to your room. But then I'm scared. And I'm like, what are you scared for, bro? You got your light on in your room. You got your nightlight on your room. 
You got your closet light on, your bathroom light, your table lamp light. Lay out and get a tan. That's how bright it is in there. Go to your room now. Ah, go. <laughs> Goes down the long hallway. I go into my room. My wife's looking at me like, you ain't sleeping here today. Go to your room. I'm like, oh, I know. Bad parent. Bad parent. So I grab my pillow and my blanket because my wife says, don't sleep here. All right. So I go and I start walking down the hallway. Long hallway, big house. <laughs> and I go to my son's, Benaiah's room. It's lit up like a Christmas tree. It's like the Shekinah glory of God. If I was in Hispanic church, the Chicano glory of God is showing. And, and he goes, Dad! I said, son, I come in peace. He goes, what are you doing, Dad? What do you got your pillow for? What do you got your blanket for? You know, like, are you going to muffle me? And, and wrap me up. <laughs> I said, son, I'm going to sleep in your room with you. He goes, what? Because he has bunk beds. I'm going to sleep in your room with you tonight. Really, dad? I go, yeah. But first, click, 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 click. I don't want to get a tan. I got to sleep. He has bunk beds. So I climb up in the bunk bed and I lay on that mattress. And now I realize my, why my wife said, don't buy the $79 mattress from Ikea. Because I never thought I'd sleep on that mattress. And I lay on that mattress. And these are military. We bought military bunk, like real military bunk beds, right? So I'm like, I'm laying on this military bunk with this Ikea, shout out to Ikea, I love you, give me 15% off. And watch this, right? I'm laying there and I feel every spring. I'm like, oh, yeah, ooh, he almost spoke in tongues. It was, I mean, it was crazy. And, and, and he goes, watch, he goes, dad, you still there? Like, dude, where am I going? Because he can't see me, but he can hear me. He can't see me. Come on, but he can hear me. He can't see me, but he can hear me. We walk by faith and not by sight. Watch, it's going to get even better. Then you can actually clap. Watch. Dad, how long are you going to stay up there? I couldn't lie to him. I couldn't say all night because I wasn't going to make it. I said, until you fall asleep. Okay, Dad. Like 10 minutes later. You're still there? Yes, go to sleep. Now watch. Nothing changed for my son. Actually, the bedroom got darker. The circumstances got worse. What changed? That his father was with him. His father, come on somebody, was with him. Come on, you're catching it all campuses. Come on. His father was with him. See, we want God to change everything 
and then we'll feel better. But I mean, got a word for somebody right now. God is getting in your bunk bed in the middle of your valley. God is getting in your bunk bed in the middle of your sickness. God is getting in your bunk bed in the middle of your pain. God is getting in your bunk bed in the prison, in the military, on the internet, whatever campus you are. I got to preach this. Our God is with us no matter what happens. Our God is with us. You come to me, Goliath with all that stuff but my God is with me and he will deliver you into my hands sorry I'm getting a little Pentecostal ah glory to God in the name of Jesus Satan is fuera in the name of my son falls asleep then comes Mission impossible for all you Navy SEALs. I had to get out of that bed. Have you ever noticed when you're trying to sneak somewhere, everything squeaks? I mean, it took me like, like 20 minutes just to get out of the bunk bed. And, I, and I, I, he'd start moving. I, I finally made it to, to the floor. And he starts moving. So if you are going to walk by faith, you must understand that God is with you. But the last one is this is even better. You must actually believe, watch, that God is for you. See, it's one thing to believe that God is with you, but do you actually believe that God is for you? Because the Bible says, if God is for you, come on, who can be against you? This is what the Bible says. We walk by what the Bible says, not by what we feel. I don't know what I feel. I feel, I feel like, I feel like God is against me. I feel like, I feel like, I feel, that's why, that's why your life is going the way you feel. Do you think I feel like going back to Vegas? <laughs> I want to call my wife, say, hey baby, I, I don't feel like coming home. I, I feel like going to La Jolla and laying on the beach. But no, I'm going to fly home tonight. Going to fly into hell. I'm already prepping myself, prepping myself. I'm prepping myself because I don't walk by what I feel because I believe, come on, God is with me. Come on, and God is for me. God is for me. Let me end with this story. My son, he's nine. His name is Benaiah. Same guy who's scared of the dark. He's also a basketball player. Yeah, go Warriors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one of the Warriors, I don't want to name drop, Steph Curry. I don't want to name drop, bro. You know. uh, but one of them goes to my church on offseason in Las Vegas. It's kind of cool. It's kind of awesome. And uh, any Cavalier fans here? Any Cavalier fans here? Raise your hand if you're a Cavalier fan. Okay, you're dismissed. Thank you. And uh, we didn't sweep you before to one. Anyway, and, uh, and here's the crazy thing is my son's a basketball player. He's not that good, but he's a defensive specialist, which means that he can't really score, but he can play defense. (laughs) He got that from his mom. And so, uh, because I could score, but I, I, ooh, teardrop. And uh, so I'm watching the game, watching the game, and and I taught my son all old school. I'm the Magic Johnson era. Come on, James Worthy. Come on, Showtime Lakers. Yeah, just shout out. Amen. Yeah. 
Magic's my friend, and I, I love all these. I love all the old school because some of the way they play the NBA today is like if you breathe too hard on somebody, it's a foul. If you look, you fouled me. Like back in the day, we clotheslined you, and then we'd step on you, and we wouldn't even get thrown out. Flagrant one, we didn't even have that. So I teach my son all the old school stuff, pull on the jersey, like right here when you're guarding, and then, and then step on the shoe, and, and, and whisper in his ear, your mama's ugly, and get him mad. You know what I'm saying? Get him mad. Take him out of his rhythm. Get him mad. Get him mad. Say, U-G-L-Y, you don't got no alibi. You're ugly. You are ugly. You stink. You smell. You're, and, and so, so I, I'm a big trash talker on the court. Okay, so I was talking to one of the pastors. He said, hey, come on, Pastor Benny, go on the court. I said, no, man, I'll smash you. I'll do this. And, and somebody said, that's not Christian-like. I'm not a Christian on the court. It's like on the football field, I'm going to hit you hard in Jesus' name. <laughs> so my son, he's playing. He's having a good game. The end of the game is coming, and my son elevates. Pretty good, huh? I had a 32-inch vertical leap back in the day. Come on, isn't that awesome? Oh, yeah, they used to call me the leaping monkey. Anyway, watch. So he grabs the ball, comes down, <laughs> clears out. I'm like, yeah. And he's like looking at me because I'm there, right? I'm with him. I'm with him. And then all of a sudden, he does something. And he takes the ball, and he goes, and he shoots it. And I'm like, no. Trying to blow the ball up or something. No, because it's a beautiful arc. And it's going into the basket, not touching the rim. Swish! Except it was in the wrong basket. Yeah. Yeah. I wish that was the response. The whole gym starts laughing. The opposing coach starts laughing. I'm glad I didn't go by my feelings. The whole team, opposing team, starts laughing, and my nine-year-old is bawling. And my wife grabs me on the, on the, on the knee. That's like, don't do it. Don't do it. Come on, come on, man. You know what I'm talking about. And I'm like, okay, I gotta wait. I gotta wait. I gotta wait. They do all their thing, and immediately when I could go on the court, I run on the court. And Ben I was crying, he's going, Dad, Dad. I said, look, look at me. Don't look around. Look at me. I'm strong. Look at me. Dad, Dad, Dad. I said, look at me. I'm not just with you, son. Look at me. I said, great rebound. Great form. Great clear out. Your shot was amazing. The arc was amazing. Didn't hit the rim. It was a swish. Amazing. We just have to work on the right basket. Come on, I'm here to tell somebody right now that you have a God that is not just with you. He's for you, even in your failure, even in your mistake, even in your mess. We serve a God who is for us. 
Oh, you don't even know. I wish somebody would give God some praise because he delivered you. He set you free. He's for you. He's not against you. Does anybody know what it's like to experience the grace of God? This is why I'm, I'm ending this. I'm ending because this is why you need to understand. You need to understand this, please, because we think God is only for us when we're doing everything right. I went to church. I tithe. I gave to God the first part, which you should. Because listen, tithing is about you recognizing who's your source. We got one woo because I start talking about tithing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because listen to me. It's not your money if you're a follower of Jesus. It's God's money. Yeah, I'm just telling you straight out. So what we, we believe with religion is, okay, I went to church. I, I, that guy, we didn't even know who he was. I just remember he had skinny jeans, but he was kind of funny. And so see, look at, I kind of clap because, oh yeah, and this and that, whatever. And see God, look at, oh God, yeah, I'm doing everything right, doing everything right. Of course you believe God is for you when you do everything right, but you believe God is for you in failure. I failed. I let, I let my attitude get the best of me. I almost fist fought on the football field as a pastor because my kid got injured. And everybody knew I was a pastor. I ran out there and the coach says, you shouldn't be at it. Sticking my little chicken chest out. You know what I had to do that Sunday? I had to repent publicly to my congregation. But even in the midst of failure, just like me running on the court, God looked at me and said, son, man, good passion. I know you want to protect your son, but we need to get some things a little bit squared away here. But I'm still for you. The closing moments, I feel God Man, I feel God all over, all the campuses. I feel God moving right now in the state prison. I feel God moving right now in the juvenile hall. Listen to me, young men, young ladies. Listen, your life isn't over. It's just beginning. That God is with you. God is for you. Come on, sir. Come on, ma'am. Come on, whoever you are. If you're going to clap, Rock Church, don't give God a golf clap. Give him an NFL football clap. We got three minutes. That's it, and we're done. If I were you, I'd come back tonight at six because it's going to go off. Greatest miracle you ever see is somebody saying yes to Jesus. All campuses everywhere right now with every head up and every eye open. We're going to go just old school. Like, well, I don't want to raise my hand because people are going to see. Why do you want people to see? Because we want people to see who's coming into the family of God. We're going to cheer for you and clap for you as soon as that hand goes up. Are you ready? One. Say, what, 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 what am I doing? You need to put your faith and surrender your life to Jesus Christ. You need to say yes to Jesus, no to yourself, and recognize there's a God that wants to lead and guide your life with a plan and a purpose, and he'll forgive you, he'll wash you, he'll cleanse you, he'll work with you. You don't have to be perfect. Just start the journey with Jesus. Feel something. You ready? One. 
You got to shoot your hand up as high as I say. When I say three, it could be one, it could be none. But hands are ready going up all over, all the campuses, all over. Are you ready, one? Are you ready, two? Don't be shy because when even one hand goes up in your balcony, your main floor, listen, God's going to begin to do a work in your life. Ready, one? Are you ready, two? Ready, one, two, and three. Shoot your hand up high, 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 high.